SAFM Sports Wrap. You're with SAFM Sports Wrap, and the under 20s or the baby box have got some big matches ahead of them. As you know, they, they weren't exactly kicked out of the tournament, or they didn't stumble out of the tournament. They're going to be playing for third and fourth place. We're joined on the line by Coach Davi Tarou. And Davi, uh, first of all, hard luck to you, but third and fourth, that's still not bad to be in, in the top four of the, of the world, is it? No, for sure. We're working hard to stay in the top three every year, and uh, we thought that time around, you know, we we were really strongly on track. Uh, I reckon, uh, you know, this was one of those games that things didn't go right for us. Uh, two yellow cards in the first 30 minutes uh, to play with seven men in the pack for 20 minutes against England. It's a tough task for these youngsters, and uh, it cost us dearly. I know that you can't say too much about the referees, but Twitter was certainly uh, up in arms about the referee. Can can you say anything about that? Rather not. <laughs> uh, let's let's talk about how do you now lift the players? It it must be so disappointing for them, and now to have to play a match that nobody really wants to play. Uh, I can assure you, the guys after the match, the guys were really devastated. I mean. Uh, they really felt it. They felt it very hard, and uh, they worked very hard. I mean, uh, everybody can see that. Could, you know, in the first three games, the guys really were very positive. Started to play positive rugby, and I mean, especially against Australia, I think we really played well. Mm. Uh, we knew that uh, well, some of our strong points, you know, were the more the scrums and 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 and, and uh, lineups, you know, and and to lose uh, the captain for two minutes and strike after that uh, the star lock in Jason Jenkins for ten minutes is really really tough, and that uh, actually that it's just opened that door for England, you know. So the guys mm-hmm. afterwards were really devastated, and uh, but uh, we've got a rule that you've got a twenty-four hour mourning period and you've got a twenty-four hour celebration period, you know. After twenty-four hours, the guys picked it up again. Got together, we looked at the videos, and uh, we worked really, really hard to get back on track. And uh, yesterday already we had a training session that was very, very positive. Uh, and uh, we're going to have one this afternoon uh, again, you know. So guys are in fairly good spirit at the moment. Uh, you can see that they, you know, this was not what they wanted. They really worked very hard for it. And uh, unfortunately, we are playing for third position. And uh, but I can assure you. The guys will go out there and give it it all. And how are the bodies handling it up? It must be difficult doing this kind of competition. There's still young bodies as well. No, for sure. I think especially the Northern Hemisphere guys are, are still maybe more prepared for it. They, they play in the Six Nations before they come to this tournament. But uh, in, in fact, I, mean, I think our guys are very well conditioned. Uh, we've got almost everybody uh, ready to, uh, to take the field. And, uh, but, uh, well, I think, I suppose, like the other teams as well, there is a little bit of fatigue. Uh, but we are very positive with the guys, but still enough in the tank to go yeah. all the way. Tell us about the opposition. Who are you coming up against, and have you got the beating? Well, we're coming against, uh, France, which, uh, the French are the, at the moment the Six Nation champions, you know, so, uh, they, they are a strong team, they, they're well prepared, and uh, we watch some of the, uh, games. Uh, we know that we we can go into this game and, and, and think that, you know, everything will just fall in place. We really need to work very, very hard, and, and uh, especially on discipline-wise. And uh, sometimes you can get it wrong, uh, and the, some of the 50-50 calls, if it goes not goes your way, 
we know what can happen. So we, we just we try even more to be uh, be positive and, and play positive rugby without uh, getting on the wrong side of the race. We did have a meeting with with uh, the, the referee, uh, uh, like I almost can say, referee council here, yeah? mm-hmm. and we did uh, discuss a couple of things with them. And uh, it was a very positive meeting. Uh, so we feel comfortable that for this last game, you know, uh, we see the things the same way. And hopefully the course will, will, will you know, reflect the same. Mm. It's looking at the team and looking at, at the, the baby box as a whole, would you say that there, there definitely is great news for future Springbok teams? Well, I think you, you can you, you have to look at it from year to year, you know. And I think over the last few years, we really had unbelievable players coming through the system. You know, if you can just think about a hundred pull-up and and and, and uh, you know Jesse Kilo, for instance, and uh, a couple of years ago Peter Stevens plays and and, and uh, you know just in name a few, you know. I, I think uh, in this group there's a couple of guys that really put up, uh, put up their hands. Uh, and uh, I can I, I really think that they will make us proud in the future, you know. So uh, as far as physicality and, and and size and skill and pace and everything are concerned, I think yeah we can be very positive about these group of players. SAFM Sports Wrap. You're with SAFM Sports Wrap. John Kerry came for Brad Brown on this Thursday evening. Now several players have been taking part in a specialist spin bowling camp at the Powerade Centre of Excellence in Pretoria. Paul Adams is the man that's very involved with that. Let's find out a little bit more what the spin bowling camp has been all about. Paul Adams joins us on the line. Paul, uh, explain to us what what's the what's the idea behind this camp. Good evening. Uh, no, well, it, it happens every time once a year. Um, and I think uh, over the last four years, we've been traveling over to India or to Sri Lanka. Um, but this year, it takes part in, in South Africa. And I'm again, once again, privileged to actually just uh, work with some young bowlers. Um, and then also some of the experienced ones that play franchise cricket and some pro tours as well, up and coming boys that are coming through. Um, for me, it's, it's a camp where we're sharing a lot of knowledge chatting about a few things and, and rekindling that really that, that good old spinners union where we can actually <laughs> talk about a few things and because the game of cricket is always evolving. Mm. Um, especially one day cricket, um, challenge they're facing. Um, and also some of the young guys and the nineteen spinners that are involved, equipping them with uh, some ideas and, and maybe one or two of them need some tactical throws and, and things like that that they can use as they take through the winter. Um, it's actually a good time now to, if you want to tweak a little thing, one or two things, you can, you do it now and you've got two or three months to, to work before the season starts. So, um, it's all in all, it's, it's just to start keep, keeping a, a finger on the pulse of spin bowling in South Africa. It, it's great to have those under-19s in there when they're bowling along with Ruben Klaas and Aaron Pengisa in there as well. Uh, it, it must certainly open their eyes as to the potential that they have. Yeah, it's, it's, it's important that that they get that understanding and make sure that they're on the right track and where they're going and, and where they're thinking as spin bowlers or, of how fast cricketers or appropriate cricketers are, are, are thinking. Um, we had the fortunate uh, enough of having JP Dumini here as well for batting, um, getting a lot of input um, and, 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 and various other batsmen as well that play franchise level and, and boys that are aspiring to play for protein. So um, getting that input is valuable. Mm. Um, and, and discussing it and, and making sure 
but the Sundal is not just put into the net in the quiet side and left alone, but uh, <laughs> actually encouraged to show his character, to, to, to discuss it and communicate everything to their captain and coach. T20 did change spin bowling. It, it was always a worry that spin bowling would die with T20, but it's, it's almost been revived with T20, hasn't it? Yeah, T20 is it's, it's, it's a game that is sort of where, where the spinners need to um, really rekindle their, their, their old, old flight and dial. Um, I think the variation of, of change of pace has come back into it um, because the evolution of spin bowling there was you had spinners that, that completely dominated, turning the ball both ways, but there's been a pattern on actions as well that, that has made me just uh, stilted that. But um, you now see that guys are creating a subtle variation, pace, um, length, um, understanding when they can attack, when they have to defend. Um, and, and spinners have come into big picture in this whole process as well with T20. And outside uh, the 50 over game, particularly in the middle overs, mm-hmm. um, having the mindset to take wickets because if that's when, if they, if you don't take wickets in the middle overs, they got wickets in hand. They're gonna really, they're gonna take you apart towards the back end. So a spinner and his captain plays a role in what sort of mindsets they have um, in, in field placing, understanding what they need to do at, at certain stages. Now, there were batsmen involved as well. You mentioned that. Are they just there to face the spin bowlers, or are they being taught how to face spin as well? Yeah, we've we've got H.D. Um, Ackerman. Um, he's in charge of that department of the batting consultant for the high performance. Um, and then we've got uh, Neil Johnson, former Zimbabwean cricketer, down as well, um, to assist with that. So it's, it's guys playing against them. We've got young batsmen. We've got franchise guys going. And and we've got a few winter tours that are in the subcontinent. So we've got the batsmen down and working on a particular skill set and what's one to do. So there's a couple of rough nets and the pitches are a bit slow. So there are challenges for them, they face. And um, tomorrow we're out here and we've got a middle where we're putting sort of field placing in place and mm. a game scenario and, and trying to get them understanding how to manipulate the ball and, and, and putting their game plans in place. So it's all in all, it's a learning curve for a lot of guys. But um, over the years, uh, those tours that we went to India and, and, and to Sri Lanka, sent batsmen with them as well um, to, to just be exposed. The likes of David Miller, uh, Sian van Stahl have, have, have all gone over and spent a lot of time with those camps and, and reap the rewards. Paul, just to wrap it up, uh, do we have uh, potential? We've got great spinners that are going to be in the Proteus side soon? Yeah, I think it's, uh, I think it's, a, it's a birth that uh, the, the mantle is there to be taken. Um, I think the challenge is laid down to, towards the spinners. Um, there's a couple of young spinners that have, uh, haven't really toured towards the going in these winter tours now with the Proteus and with the South African A-side. So the, the, the challenge is laid down to them, and um, they have to live go there and, and look to perform. Um, we've all got a good crop of young spinners, um, and I think uh, internal competition with that really will bring the best out of them. Paul Adams, thanks for joining us on Sports Wrap. Thank you, and take care. SAFM Sports Wrap.
Talk Rugby now and Stormers coach Alistair Katsia says the week's break that most of his starting team received last week will hopefully be beneficial to the team ahead of their Super Rugby playoff against the Brumbies of Newlands on Saturday. Katsia made wholesale changes to his team that lost to the Sharks last weekend with many of the frontline players back in the starting lineup. Katsia believes that resting his players was part of building momentum ahead of the playoffs. No, I actually think it worked out well. Last week is the end of a round-robin phase. And whatever happened last week has got nothing to do with the next phase of competition, which is a playoff stage. And uh, we've given play like Michael Roach played 70 minutes, Ruan Boetra played 80 minutes, uh, Kubis van Bay got a start, Mikey Willems really played well and he played also 70 minutes. So that is part of keeping momentum, it's making sure that these players playing tomorrow have had a, a mental mental break and also a physical break and, uh, and hopefully you know that will, that will benefit us uh, to, uh, on Saturday. Kutsia though said his starting team for the weekend haven't been fully rested and they've been doing a lot of training to sharpen up in various aspects of the game ahead of Saturday with much emphasis being on stopping the Brumbies mall that gave them a lot of problems the last time they played. No, look, uh, the whole squad, you know, we were together and while we were preparing for the Sharks, the other players obviously were not uh, bathing on in Clifton or having a complete holiday. They were working uh, on the field, assistant training and supporting the guys, and also did some work for, for you know for the Saturday's game. So uh, you know it helped a hell of a lot, and uh, you know we put a, a emphasis on making sure our lineouts function well. Uh, extra sort of uh, split session where Matt could uh, work out a few things. We worked on, on stopping um, the malls and make sure that our mall defence is better than it has been in the last couple of games. Um, and, and, and yes, definitely it was, uh, it was a good week of preparation last week you know, for the team that will be in action this week. Kutsia says it will be imperative for his side to get a good start against the Brumbies that they had learned many valuable lessons from their narrow win against the Australians at New Zealand during the round-robin stage of the competition. I know there are a couple of things that we really needed to improve on since that game and I think we have started with that process uh, against the Lions. We were off last time we, we started poorly. We've given away uh, 10 points on a platter uh, by being inaccurate, you know, and, and not really... Reading the reading the rush well, you know, the line speed well, and, and that's you know why you learn from those uh, situations in previous games. Fortunately, we, we we won that game. In the end, we came back nicely and, and, and won it. And we want to make sure that we get off to a better start. Kutsia concurred with Brumby's coach Stephen Larkin that Saturday's playoff will be similar to a test match where both teams will be tested in all departments of play. Kutsia has called for calmness and patience from his team and said they mustn't allow themselves to fall victim into a style of rugby that they haven't planned to play. I think uh, we have to make sure that uh, we pitch up on Saturday against um, you know, a Brumby side who I mean they put 20 points against the Lions and it's in the end that the Lions really came back so it's, it's quite a, a side that <coughs> is geared to play in playoffs it's, it's not easy to get going against them uh, they, they don't mind conceding penalties not at all uh, I think for us it's, it's, it's uh, being composed again and have the patience it's a team with a, a huge kicking game 
and I don't think we must be lured into any any style of play that is is untoward uh, to our balanced type of game that we've played. Make good decisions at the back. We will be tested there uh, by the d- distance kicking game. So we will have to make good decisions and uh, and and capitalise on when it's on, and not necessarily look to create. Opportunities will come, and uh, then we've got to capitalise on those opportunities. It's uh, it's going to be physical, and it's called test match because you tested in all departments. It's going to be a test at some time. It's going to be a test at line on, it's a test you know at the breakdown, and uh, therefore you call it you know a test match. Uh, our players, uh, our composure, our patience, everything will be tested. You know our leadership, and I think the big thing. Yeah, it's, uh, it's not about the technical plan or, or the tactical plan. It's got to come from within. You know, it's going to be a physical battle altogether. Stormers captain Jean de Jong says the week away from playing has helped the players recover from niggling injuries. He's hopeful it'll aid them ahead of what is expected to be a hard playoff game against the Brumbies. Yeah, I must say the guys are well recovered. Um, some of the guys got a week off of break just, just, uh, just to get in, in, in when it comes to playoff status because... Um, some, most of the guys got needles and stuff, so it's important for us is to make sure that we are recovered. Because uh, come come playoff times, it's 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 hard and, and tough. So uh, hopefully it will help. De Jong also said it will be important for the Stormers' leadership group to pull the team together and ensure the players do not get involved in any off-the-ball incidents and that their decision-making must be impeccable on the day as they only have one opportunity at winning the playoffs game and ensure their progression to the semi-finals. It's going to be very important, like I said, it's knockout stages. You only get one chance and you're going to get tested. So uh, we've got a few leaders in this group and uh, as a leader group, we need to, to be solid as well, as a group as well, and make sure that we... That we clinical in decision making, clinical and, and, and taking the youngsters and the whole team forward. So on that department is going to be vital importance to, to for us to gel. And uh, we only got one chance at this, so it's important for us to make sure that we use this one chance. SAFM Sports Wrap. Just before we go back to the netball here on Sports Wrap, quick cricket update for you. There was finally some play in the East, uh, in the first test between Sri Lanka and Pakistan. Sri Lanka scored 178 for three. Stumps on day two. Silver's unbeaten on 80. Matthews is also there on 10. Sangakara scored 50 before he was caught off the bowling of Wahab Rihas. And Kuna Ratne scored 21. 178 for three Sri Lanka against Pakistan. That's Stumps on day two. Bangladesh up against India in a one-day international. National Bangladesh scored 307 uh, with two balls remaining in their 50 overs. 60 of those came from Tamim Iqbal, 52 to Shakib Al Hassan, 41 to Shabir Rahman as well. 307 all out. In reply, India were or currently are 175 for five in the 35th over. Required run rate of eight and a half runs and over. Let's go to that netball now, get the latest of what's happening at the Diamond Challenge just outside of Margate is where all the action is happening. Malawi against Zambia now. Michael Vismas joins us. What's the latest, Michael? Well, John, we're into the third quarter. Malawi leading 42-21 against Zambia. That's after going into the halftime break, 27-18 ahead. So they've really stepped it up here um, in the third quarter. We've got about five minutes left of the third quarter. A, a comfortable uh, match for the world number five here. And uh, certainly they're not, not really stretching themselves at this stage. 42-21, the score. You didn't ever believe that Zambia could maintain the kind of intensity they had in those, uh, certainly in that first quarter when they were trying their best to keep it a close contest. But it's running away from them now at the moment. Malawi dominating 
as uh, they do so well. They're very good at uh, at playing backwards, funny enough, and then frustrating uh, some of the top teams in the world. They're a team that are very good at frustrating the top four teams in the world. So uh, they're not to be taken lightly, which is why uh, the Spark Rokers victory over them last night was such a morale-boosting win. So at this stage, 44-21 to Malawi, and they are going to comfortably win this match. Michael, just quickly explain to me what you mean by playing backwards. Well, it's, they, most of netball is played forwards and the teams are sort of rush forwards to get to the net. And, and what Malawi really do quite well is, uh, is they'll, they'll just pause it a little bit and, and take a step backwards at critical time. So it just disrupts the rhythm of, uh, of, of some of the top teams. It, it's really quite a frustrating tactic. They're a very physical team as well. And it's really just messing with the rhythm of the other team. And, and, and that's, they're a very clever team in that sense. All right, South Africa beat Malawi yesterday. What have they got ahead of them today? They're playing Uganda tonight in the second match. And uh, Uganda were, were, were pretty competitive against uh, Malawi in their opening match. So they're also a team that could trip up uh, the star approaches, particularly after the high of their victory over Malawi. They didn't train at all today. They uh, had time off. Coach Norma Plummer took them for a walk on the beach and said, relax. They're also not going to train tomorrow. Funny enough, they, uh, they, 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 they're going to just take some time off there as well before the finals. So uh, we just hope that they do maintain the same kind of intensity that they had against Malawi. That's what Summer wants out of them. She says to beat the top four teams in the world, to be competitive against Australia and New Zealand and to an extent England, you've got to maintain that level of intensity. You can't take your foot off the pedal at any stage during the match. So I think we're going to see them do that against uh, Uganda as well. And... Play around with a couple of options. You're probably going to see option B and option C coming through because that's what the, the star approaches have lacked in the past. They've stuck to one game plan, and when it's gone wrong, they haven't had an option B. All in all, Michael, the tournament been a success so far? It has been a great success, John. I think uh, I've been personally surprised by the, uh, the number of fans that have come out for this match and, and the passion for the sport. You know, it is such a huge sport in South Africa. And uh, there really is great passion for uh, for African netball. They've, they, they haven't been a partisan crowd at all. Yes, they cheered on the Spa Proteas <laughs> vociferously, but uh, they've really supported the other African team just quite well. Michael Blissmas, thanks very much for that report. And we'll get a report from him again tomorrow morning on AIM Live here on SAFM and also uh, regularly throughout the day as well. Get updates on what's happening in the netball. A reminder that the South African women's hockey team were beaten by Great Britain in the quarterfinals of the Hockey World League semifinals. Great Britain winning by two goals to nil there. So South Africa will be playing for, or did we work out, ninth place uh, later on in the tournament. There will bring confirmation of all of that later on. Thanks to Siobhan for putting the show together. Brad Brown is back again tomorrow evening. He'll be, is he in Cape Town or Joburg tomorrow? He's back, he's in Joburg. Ah, he's a gallivante, is our Brad Brown. So he's in Johannesburg Studios tomorrow. Thanks very much for joining me. My name's John Herricke. We've got the news coming up at 7 o'clock. Just a quick reminder as well. Good luck to the under-20s. I'll only be able to talk about that on Saturday during SFM Sports Special. We also have uh, that Chan match, that Bafana Bafana game update as well on Saturday evening. News now at 7 o'clock.